pastor a good hand clap. How many feels like we've got the best pastor? Hallelujah. I feel like that we are blessed with the best. And I know you say, well, Brother Caleb, you're a little partial. That's your dad. You're right. I am. Not only is he the best pastor, but he's the best dad. And, uh, hallelujah. I'll, I'll take that up with you later, Brother DJ. But I got the microphone right now. So. But I do feel like that he is the best pastor in the world. And, uh, man, he's been a true, true pastor uh, to me. When I didn't like it, he still told me the way it was. There was a time in my life when I wasn't what I needed to be, and he didn't go along with me because he was scared, Brother Ryan, of uh, maybe making me mad or moving on me to get me, or I might move on. Matter of fact, he told me to move on. He said, boy, if you're going to do them things and live like that, you ain't going to live in this house. Get your stuff and get out. Now, I'm going to tell you something. That's a little hard for some of us to chew right there. Brother Coderick and I looked at him like, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> you, you, you really told me that. But, you know, it woke me up, and I'm here today because uh, of tough love. Of tough love, and I love him for that today. And on pastor's appreciation, man, I want him to know from the bottom of my heart that I love you, Dad. I love you, Pastor. And I feel like you're the best. Hallelujah. And I also want to say that I also feel that uh, this church uh, is the best. And I love this church. I love the people of this church. Every person in this church, uh, you mean something to me. And I left last Wednesday, uh, me and Brother Kaysen, and uh, we traveled the world. We, we took off and We've put in somewhere between three and 4,000 miles and uh, over 30 hours in the car traveling. We went to the Doctrine and Holiness Conference last Wednesday night and Thursday and got out of started church at 10, and they had back-to-back preachers. We got out of church about 2, 2.30, climbed in the car and drove all the way to Dutton Hot Springs, Colorado, straight through, got there about 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning, and uh, went to hunting, climbed back in the car and drove to Amarillo on the way home and then on to uh, Brother Boone's meeting and uh, was with Brother Boone and their uh, mortgage burning ceremony for their church. And uh, with all that church and everything going on, man, just made me realize how much I missed home and also made me realize that I'm not young anymore, Brother Cameron. I I fell coming down that mountain Saturday night two or three times, and uh, I was hurting really bad. Throwed my hip out of joint, out of socket. Had to go down to Cortez and find me a chiropractor <laughs> while I'm trying to elk hunt up in the mountains. It was terrible. It made me realize that I'm not young anymore, or and I'm getting older, and uh, I'm pushing 40. My wife says, don't say that. And, uh, but I am. I'm just in a few months, I'll be turning the big 4-0. And so I know that I'm in trouble. 
But, uh, man, I, I just love God. I had a good time, good time of fellowship with uh, all these brethren and young men, uh, getting to be up there and be with them. Had a great time. Man, some of them, Brother Dakota, we wasn't with him, but, man, he was slaying them about 80, 100 miles away from us and uh, had a good time, good visit. But I'm excited about tonight. Tonight's Pastor Appreciation Night. Man, he's going to get to eat his favorite dinner, some Mexican food here in a little while. And uh, I know he's excited about that. I know my wife's excited about that. That's her favorite too. And she was in there cooking for tonight with a smile on her face. And uh, hallelujah. But I've got a little thought tonight. And if you have your Bibles, I'll try not to be very long, but I might get a little reckless. Who knows? I might be like the elder, Brother Jimbo. I might not. So I might say that and be a little long. Who knows? But uh, I do feel like I've heard from the Lord. And uh, I want to bring us what the Lord has to say. The book of Psalms, chapter 78. So how many knows it cho- he chose the foolishness of preaching to save them? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Psalms, chapter 78. We're going to read a couple verses here. Verses 40 through 41. Psalms 78, 40 through 41. If you have it, say amen. How oft did they provoke him in the wilderness and grieve him in the desert? Yea, they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. Can you repeat that with me? And limited the Holy One of Israel. You may be seated. Man, it feels like it's been forever since I got to preach. My seekers, ain't no telling what's going to happen in this place tonight. Hallelujah, hallelujah. If you're going to help me preach, say amen. I hear some laughing over in the section A, Brother Norlock would say. But hallelujah. Several years ago, a young man who come from an underprivileged background, but had, vis- but had vast dreams of traveling the world. And after he got his first steady job, he immediately began to put back money a little at a time to finance his dream. The day come when he had scrimped and scra- saved just enough money to purchase a ticket on a cruise liner that was selling to the exotic Caribbean ports. He was almost beside himself with excitement as he prepared to buy the ticket. Only a few moments later, the relation set in. As a matter of fact, there would be very little money left over for him to eat on. And so he pulled together all of his money and purchased some bread and cheese to live on and went on to buy the ticket to the cruise ship. It was, long, it was a long voyage and he vastly enjoyed the fantastic and exotic places that they visited. And each day he would take in the sights and the sounds of the world that he had only dreamed of. And each evening he would entreat his quarters on the ship and he would eat his cheese and bread and crackers and drink a little water from the tap. All in all, it was a very satisfying trip in his opinion. It was worth every sacrifice to finally to fulfill his dream. However, one day on his way back to his room to eat in the evening, he happened to pass by one of the large dining rooms on the ship. 
And standing at the door beside one of the, uh, by the ship's door was a ship officer. And he observed the delightful food standing by this gentleman that day. Oh, what a feast, ice sculptures, shrimp and seafood, rich steaks and prime rib. That's what we'd be having if I was pastor appreciation, glory to God, a little bit of steak. You don't have the Mexican, I'll eat it, but. Prime rib, roasted chicken, lamb chops, everything imaginable. And the vegetables, what an incredible array of side dishes. And all the desserts, chocolate flowed from the fountains, wonderful cakes and pies, sweets of every kind. It was an impressive banquet fit for a king. Sadly, the boy turned and headed back to his room on that night. The bread and cheese and crackers wasn't quite so satisfying as it had been before. Each night for the rest of the trip, he would sit in his room and eat his bread and cheese and dream about the tremendous feast that was being served in the ship's dining hall. And each night he would try to comfort himself with the knowledge that he had gotten all that he could afford and he should be happy just to be on this fantastic voyage. Finally, the day come that the ship arrived back in its home port and the young man gathered his few meager belongings and was preparing to disembark the ship when he was approached by one of the ship's officers. It was the officer that had stood by him that day, that evening outside of the dining facility. And the man asked the boy with a curious question, I'm just wondering, sir, have we done something to offend you? I could help but notice that you never took a single meal with us in the ship's dining hall. Blushing, the young man shuffled his feet and replied to the officer, Oh no, you haven't offended me. I just couldn't afford such a wonderful meal. I spent all I had on the, on the ticket and on a little bread and cheese. With a stunning look on the officer's face, he replied, But sir, didn't you know, I'm sorry to tell you this, the meals were included in the price of the ticket. I want to preach to us just for a little bit tonight. The meals are included in the price of the ticket. Hallelujah. The meals are included in the price of the ticket. What incredible tragedy about living below your means. He could have had all that he wanted, all of the steak and the prime rib elder that he wanted to eat, all of the desserts that he wanted to eat if he only knew that when he bought that ticket, he bought his place at the table sitting there in that beautiful dining hall eating all that he wanted, all that he could afford to put in his mouth and shove down his throat and in his belly. Well, I come to tell you tonight, when you bought into this thing, I come to tell you tonight that the meal ticket come with it. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. So many times if we're not careful, we think that God is, is good enough and he is strong enough to, to fill us with the Holy Ghost. But somewhere we lose the impression that, that he's not big enough or he's not a mighty enough God that he can heal us of our diseases or he can take care of the financial.
financial troubles that we are facing or the struggles of life that we're going through or God can't touch the depression that we're facing or the anxiety that we're going through. I come to tell you on a Sunday night that my God is bigger. My God is big enough to supply all of your needs according to your riches and glory. Hallelujah. I'm convinced that there are many in this house that are living below your means tonight. There are many Christians that are living on bread and cheese when you could be pulled up to the master's table eating prime rib and steak, if you will. Oh, it's not in the natural, but it's in the physical. We come to church and we think, oh, it's just another Sunday night service. Oh, it's just a midweek, just Wednesday night. Nothing ever happens on midweek. Everybody's tired. Everybody comes in and they're weary from working all week. I come to tell you that's a good tight night for a miracle that's a good night for God to heal your body to supply your needs according to what you need what are you talking about we all have needs in here tonight Whatever it might be, some may be ailments in your body, some may be lost loved ones, some may be uh, financial, some may be uh, uh, whatever it might be. We're all here and, and we're all fighting different things, no doubt, and maybe some are fighting, uh, fighting the same thing. Maybe some's fighting anxiety and fear and doubt and depression uh, uh, that's clouding your mind and telling you it's always going to be this way. Uh, it's never going to be any different. Uh, you're a failure in life. Uh, and this is just what life's going to deal and has dealt you. I come to tell you tonight that God can change your situation in a moment. Just in a moment. All you got to do is step out by faith. All you got to do is say, okay, God, I'll take one step. I know you're going to take two. If we're not careful... Uh, we'll get in this. We'll get in this mindset that this is the way it's going to be. This is the way it's always been. But sometimes we got to get a little radical. We got to step out by faith and say, you know what? I fought this addiction for the last time. I fought this addiction. I'm going through this trial for the last time. I fought this anxiety and depression for the last time. Wake up, old barren womb. Wake up and let God know that my. God is a healer. My God is a provider. I come to tell you tonight that the meal, the ticket, the meal is covered by the ticket. I come to tell you tonight, uh, oh, you might be fighting affliction in your body. Uh, you might be fighting a longing in your soul uh, or in your spirit. Uh, but more, there was more than just uh, the hanging on the cross uh, for our salvation. Uh, there was a man, Brother DJ, that stood at the whipping post uh, for our healing. Uh, he stood there uh, and he bore the stripes uh, as they began to lash him uh, 39 times. Uh, and as the blood flowed down his back, he was standing there saying, this is for your healing. This is for your deliverance. This is for when you're sick in your body.
What are you talking about? The book of Luke chapter 12 says consider the lilies. They are arrayed in beauty and in splendor. They Not even Solomon in all of his glory and wisdom could compare them. But they never gave a single moment to worry about their appearance. They neither toil nor spin because God takes care of even the lilies. And if God cares about the lilies, God cares about about you. He went on to say, consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap, but God feeds them. Oh, let me come to tell you today, if he cares about the flowers and if he cares about the birds of the air, how much more does he care about his own people, a people that he created in his image? What are you talking about? He said, it's the Father's good pleasure to give you the keys to the kingdom. Some of us, we have been stolen. We have been pickpocketed. Uh, If you will, if you'll allow me to use a good pickpocket, he can have your wallet, have your keys, have your money, and you don't even know it. I was in the mountains. I thought I got pickpocketed, Brother Segrist. I went to get my car. I drove my car. The boys had the truck and the trailer with all the four-wheelers and so me and Case, and we had camp meetings to go to, so we drove the car up there, and I have a key fob. It's a push-button start. And, uh, man, I was hurting. My back was out, and I uh, done packed an elk out of the mountains and about killed me with a hip out of joint. And so I... Man, I get home and trying to find the keys to my, the key fob to my car. I can't find it anywhere. And man, I'm calling everybody. And there's an auto strike. And no, all the auto workers is on strike. Nobody could get me a key fob to my car. I thought I'd been pickpocketed, pit clean. And man, I climb all the way back up to the top of the mountain where I was. I climbed up on a big stump and was looking around. And I thought I heard something drop when I jumped down off of there. So I climbed all the way and took Brother Kaysen and Michael with me all the way back up to the top of that mountain. And boy, they was happy about it. Two and a half hours later, here we come and uh, get back. And I'm sitting there and, oh, Lord, what am I going to do? Done thought I'd been pickpocketed. Somebody done got me and I didn't even know. That's a good pickpocket. Somebody can get you. But you know what? So many times we let the devil come by. And he just steals the blessings that God has for us. And while we're sitting there in the back room sulking and complaining, thinking about what they're eating in the dining hall. Man, I wish I could have steak. I wish I could have dessert. I, I wish I could have. I'm wishing I And God's looking down saying, hey, I just want to give it to you. I just want to bless you with it. All you got to do is ask me. All you got to do is step up and come forth. All you got to do is say, hey, Lord, it's me. If you can use anybody... You can use me. If you can use anybody, you can use an old lowly man like me. Just to tell you to finish the rest of that story. Uh, yeah, they was in, I'd put him in my gas tank behind my gas cap on my car. So somebody needed it. And here I was, I'm getting older and I forgot. I'm trudging all over the mountain so I wasn't pickpocketed. Hallelujah. They was ready to kill me when they found out. 
But little by little, hell's been robbing us of our faith. He's been stealing our victory. He's convinced you that you can take care, that he can take care and the world can take care of all of your needs and everything that you're going through. You don't need the church and you don't need the preacher and you don't need a pastor. And you, you, Man, the world's got everything to offer. That's what they would like to tell you. Why you sitting back there all by yourself thinking, man, I wish I could be in there. And the whole time, God's saying, you can be in there. I do have a table prepared. Prepared. I do have a chair prepared. There is space at the table for you. Oh, preacher. Yeah, he's convinced you. He's convinced you. He's told you, oh, there ain't... There ain't nothing but cheese and crackers for you. There ain't nothing but water in the tap for you. Uh, and you know what? You've heard that thing so many times. You know what happens to us, Elder? It's not that we don't believe that God can do it. We just don't see it happening. He'll do it for somebody else. Sister Nia, he'll give somebody else the Holy Ghost. He won't give me the Holy Ghost. And if you aren't careful, that little, that little thing will get to riding you. It's not for you. It's, it's not for you. It ain't for you. And, and what that devil's doing, he's just trying to sow doubt and trying to sow depression. He's trying to let you know and he's trying to spit it in your spirit and, and put it in your heart. And, and he wants you to, to sit back there. And you know what he's wanting? He's wanting to destroy you. He said, the Bible said he comes to seek. He says a roaring lion. I come to tell you about a lion tonight. They're not satisfied with just taking a little nibble out of you out of you there and just taking a little bite but the lion he wants to destroy he's, the Bible says he come to devour you he, he's one to devour he's one to rip you apart and the devil he's one to say hey you know what all you can do is just eat the cheese back there all, all by yourself all, all you're good enough is to have a little tap water and, and have a little cracker by yourself you ain't good enough to be to be in there with everybody else eating steak and, and eating a bit of the, the things that God has prepared you you ain't good enough for the Holy Ghost. And, and God don't want you. To, uh, I come to tell you tonight, uh, come ye that are heavy laden, uh, and I will give you rest. Uh, and... When the devil comes to destroy you, uh, my Bible said uh, he's come uh, that you might have life uh, and that you might have it more abundantly. What are you talking about, preacher? Oh, man, what are you talking about? I'll tell you what I'm talking about. If you're hungry, he's the heavenly manna from heaven. If you're thirsty, he can bring water out of a rock in a dry and weary land. I don't care where you're at tonight. My God is able to supply all of your needs. If you're confused and in trouble, he is the peace that passes all understanding. If you're depressed, and down he is joy unspeakable and full of glory if you're sick in your body he's the great physician 
If you are bound and oppressed, he is the great liberator. If you find yourself in overwhelming storms of life, he is the one that can stand on the bow of the boat and say, peace, be still. And the winds and the waves got to obey. What are you talking about? I come to tell you tonight, the meals are included in the price of the ticket. Hallelujah. If you got needs today, I've got answers today. Oh, the old song says, my God walks on water. He rides on the wind. He ain't no power in hell gonna stop his wings of love. He reigns mighty from heaven. He tells the sun when to shine. He tells the tide when to stop. He calls forth the rain from the storehouses in heaven. In him we live and move and have our being. He is the ancient of days, the mighty God, the everlasting Father. He is all in all. He is everything that you need him to be. We come to church with our big, big problems and we have the audacity to think that God can't do it for me. He won't do it for me. He'll do it for somebody else, but he won't do it for me. I come to tell you tonight, nothing is impossible with my God. There's only one thing that can limit God. One thing. One thing. But is that your lack of faith? What are you talking about? The book of Matthew chapter 13. We find Jesus in Nazareth in his hometown. And by this time he has the reputation of being, and it's been noised abroad that this man is a miracle worker. This man can heal and has healed the blinded eyes. He's unstopped the deaf ears. He's raised the dead to life. He's raised the lame to make them walk again. He's casted out devils. He's healed the ever man and person and lady that was diseased. And it was noised abroad through the town. And the Bible said that when he walks into Nazareth, they say, is this not the carpenter's son? Ain't this the carpenter? Hey, ain't that Mary's boy? You know, Mary, the, you know, he, she, the, she was married to that carpenter. Uh, he's just an old little framer. It wasn't that, hey, that's Jesus. That's a man that can heal the sick. And that man cleanse a leper. And that man, he can, he can raise the dead. It's, it's been talked about it abroad. I, I know of myself, I got some friends that, that took their buddy over there and, and the, the place was so packed that they, they couldn't get the man to Jesus. And so they went up on the roof and they, they tore the roof off of this house and they lowered him down through the roof and, and he healed them. And I, I, I seen him myself. I, I, I talked to him. Now, it wasn't that this was this great miracle worker, this great healer, this king of kings and Lord of lords. It was, ain't this the carpenter's son? Ain't, ain't that Mary's boy? And they were offended at him because they were familiar with him. And very from the very onset, they limited what he would do 
in their midst. The story, what are you talking about? Matthew chapter 13 and verse 58 says that he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief, their faith. You know what's gonna stop you from getting your healing tonight? You know what's gonna stop you from breaking through that spirit of depression and oppression? Huh? Woo! It's your, it's your faith. It's how you believe. You want something from God? You need a miracle in your body? There wants something? I come to tell you tonight, it's his good pleasure. God wants to do it for you. But it's your faith. It's your faith. It's your faith. What are you talking about, preacher? Well, preacher, you don't know. I've been prayed for this before. I've got prayed for it before. I've, uh, they prayed for me before. They've, they've even prophesied over me before. And man, after a while, you know, it just gets a little, it gets a little trouble. I know sometimes it can. But I'm gonna tell you something. That's the devil working on you. That's the, te- that's the devil saying, well, that's the way your mama was and that's the way your daddy was. And, and you know, that, it's just been in your family. They have them same addictions or they had that same medical problem. And so uh, just, it's probably just gonna be, you're gonna have that same kind of problem. I come to tell you tonight, the devil's a liar. I don't care if your daddy or your mama had an addiction to drugs. You don't have to go that way. I don't care if your daddy was a diabetic. You don't have to go that way. I don't, I'm going to tell you something. The devil's alive. You don't have to take what the devil's trying to throw at you. I come to tell you today, it's my father. Good pleasure. He wants to limit, limit your faith. He wants to curb your expectation that you're going to go home the same way that you come. That you're going to leave with the same addictions that you come. You're going to leave with the same disease that you showed up with. You're going, you're going to leave the same way that you come. But oh, one night, one Wednesday night, you come a lot of times, Sister Anita, come a lot of times and saying, you know what? Not tonight. Maybe it's for me. But on a Wednesday night when everybody's tired and everybody worked all week, there's something about God saying, you know what? I can go ahead and work when everybody's tired. I can go Go ahead and work on a Wednesday night. I'm gonna tell you about my, he don't need a whole lot. Just a handful of meal is all my God needs. Just a little. Just a cruise of oil is all my God needs to sustain life, to keep life, to keep the oil going. We come in here tonight and have a made up mind that it's just gonna be bread and cheese and crackers. That's all we're gonna have for our life. That's what God has in store for us. I come to tell you tonight, God's got something more in store for you. God's got something better for your life. God's got a better job for you. God's got a better place than where you're living right now. 
God wants to bring you out of the bondage that you're in. God wants to bring you out of the miry pit of sin where you're at. God wants to free you from the addictions that's got you bound. He's wanting to bring you out. What are you talking about, Brother Samson? I'll tell you what, if we're not careful, the problem is that some of us have the Thomas faith, if you will. Thomas, he was just an old natural human man. And his face, it was based on physical evidence. I gotta see it. I gotta put my hands in your side. I gotta, I gotta put my hands in the scars. And I, I gotta see it for myself to believe it. I come to tell you tonight, if we're not careful, we, we depend on our five senses, our taste, our see, our, our, our smell, and what we feel. But I'm gonna come to tell you tonight, my God don't operate off of our senses. God don't operate off what we can do and what we can handle. My God is not limited to time and space and five senses. But the same God that threw the stars in the heaven is the same God that can reach that hand down and touch you and heal you and free you. We try to package him up in a little tiny box and we try to explain him and contain him. I come to tell you that you can't explain God. You can't contain God. You can't define my God. My God doesn't operate off any of our laws. He's mighty. He's omnipotent. He's omnipresent. He's Alpha. He's Omega. He's the beginning. He's the end. He's the first. He's the last. He's the great physician. He's the wheel that's in the middle of a wheel. So we believe that God can do some things, but we struggle with the, the things that he can do, all things. What are you talking about? Well, trying to quit. We believe that he can forgive sin and fill us with the Holy Ghost. But sometimes we can't believe that he can really heal cancer. Sometimes we believe that he really, can he really open the blinded eyes? Do we really believe that he can unstop the deaf ear? I'm telling you tonight, as sure as I'm standing behind this sacred desk, and I even forgot about something, and the elder reminded me, and I went back, and thank God they got a picture, I believe, on this wall over here. Standing right here where I'm standing, right below in the concrete. We put it in a, in a sealed bag. And we put it and we dropped it in the foundation in the concrete of the Bible that Elder Triplett preached out of. And it's, it's right here under my feet. And I put it in the concrete myself with the elder watching me and put it under the rebar and stuck it deep right there. And Lord knows I'm standing behind this sacred desk and behind over this word of God that that old elder preached out of and with. And I would never desecrate what that old man 
uh, preached out of and stood for, let alone what this elder did. But I come to tell you tonight that if God did it one time, he will do it again. If God opened the blinded eyes one time, he'll do it again. If God raised the dead one time, he will do it again. If God opened the barren womb, he will do it again. He, we, we can't seem to believe that he has the power to set us free from certain fleshly addictions. We believe that he can fill us with the Holy Ghost cause he, and can cause us to speak in another tongue as the Spirit gives the utterance. But then we stumble over the idea that he can meet all of our needs according to his riches and glory. Jesus asked the Pharisees in Mark chapter 2 and verse 9, which is easier to say, thy sins be forgiven or take up thy bed and walk? He's asking the Pharisees, what are you saying? What Jesus was saying is, hey, I'm almighty. It's the same to me. I can tell the man, be thou healed. I can tell him to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost and breathe it into him. Or I can say, take up thy bed and walk. Why? Because he's an almighty God. He's the omnipotent God. He's the God that formed us from the beginning. What are you talking about? There was a little boy that went to Sunday school. When he got home, his dad asked him, Johnny, what did you learn today? Johnny proceeded to tell the most fascinating tale. He told of the children of Israel trapped between the Egyptian army and the Red Sea. And he told how the situation was helpless and how it appeared that all was lost. But then all of a sudden, God's army showed up and as engineers built a bridge across the Red Sea and God's fighter planes attacked the Egyptian army and Great bombers blasted them to smithereens and God's special forces completely devastated the royal guard. And when Johnny's story was all done, the smoke was still drifting from the battlefield and the children of Israel were safe on the other side of the Red Sea and the Egyptian army was, char was a charred pile of wreckage. And it was a total victory. And Johnny's dad looked at him and said, Now son... I don't think that's the way your Sunday school teacher told you the story, was it? I said, no, Dad. Come out the sheepish little reply. But you wouldn't ever believe the way she told it. <laughs> Sometimes we get that mindset that we got to alter what God has done for us. That, that nobody's going to believe it if we, if we really told it the way that it really happened. Well, I come to tell you today that I've seen the blinded eyes open. I've seen the deaf ear unstopped. 
I've seen the dead raised to life again. I've seen the short limbs that they, as they begin to grow out and grow past the one that, that was right and then grow back to be exactly. And I've seen them as they walked and before they walked like this because one leg was shorter than the other. And when they got up from the altar, they walked away with a straight walk, not with a limp. What are you talking about? Oh, Brother Samson, you're crazy. No, I'm not crazy. I just believe in the word of God. I believe what God says. I take God at his word. He said, by my stripes, you are healed. Or two or three agree on any one thing. It's going to be established. I'll establish my word. I'm standing on the promises of God. God promised me. God said that I could have it. It's a I'm going to tell you here today. He said the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off. Even as many as the Lord our God shall call. It's a promise. It's a promise. And I'm going to tell you tonight, my God always keeps his word. It's impossible for God to lie. It's impossible. God can't lie. And if he promised us, Brother Traven, Brother Dakota, Brother Dylan, if he promised us, I promise you today, you can stand on the promises. You can take God at his word because he said it. He'll establish it. Well, preacher, I just don't know. I don't know if he can do it. I don't know. I, I just don't see it happening. I, I, I don't know if he, if he can do what he said he can do. That's what the psalmist says in our text. Somehow the children of God in the wilderness, they managed to forget all the mighty miracles that brought them to the place where they was at this time. Somehow they failed to remember the fantastic miracles of deliverance that God had done. Instead they stumbled in their unbelief. Those that had seen God do great and wonderful things couldn't find the faith to believe that he could deliver them from their dilemma. The psalmist says that the fact time after time they turned back and limited the Holy One of Israel. Some of us were guilty and were more guilty than the children of Israel. We put a limit on God. We limit God on what we think that he can do. Say, well, preacher, oh, man, they're crazy. I don't know how they could ever do that. The Bible said, and limited the Holy One of Israel. That's in your Bible. You read it tonight. They limited him. They put limitations on him. And say, man, how could they ever do that? How could they limit one? Don't they remember how he put the plagues on the 
the Egyptians and how he killed all their firstborn and, and how that the, the man of God's staff ate up all the servants, uh, serpents' staff there in front of Pharaoh. Man, don't they remember that? Don't they remember standing at the Red Sea and all of a sudden uh, the man of God uh, lifted up his hands uh, and the waters parted back uh, and the Bible said that they didn't walk through on muddy ground, that they didn't walk through the mud, but the Bible said that they walked through on dry ground. The carts wasn't getting stuck in the mud, Brother Ryan. Their horses wasn't knee deep in mud as they trudged across the old Red Sea, but it was dry ground. And the Bible said that they left with a high hand. And when they walked out of Egypt, they walked out with silver and with gold. As the Israelites said, here, take this. Here, here's a little bit of gold. Here's some diamond. Here's some silver. The Bible said that they gave them their jewels and their diamonds and their their silver and their gold. And not only, and the Bible said not one feeble man and woman among them. They wasn't caring for the sick. They wasn't walking along saying, oh, we'll get you some aspirin here in a minute, honey. We'll take care of that headache here in just a little while. Oh, man, we'll take care of that uh, broken leg here in just a little bit. It'll be okay, buddy. It's going to be all right. Uh, uh, We'll take care of that. No, no, no. The Bible said they left out of there with a high hand. Not a feeble, not a sick one among them. And not only was they not walking, oh, but they was walking on dry ground. And they was looking at the ocean and looking at the fish as they walked by. I'm gonna tell you something. We've come too far to limit God. We've come too far to put limits on the Holy One of Israel. My God, and don't they remember as they got through there and as they, as they went through and there was a cloud uh, by day that led them, a cloud of day that led them and a pillar of fire by night that led them. And the Bible said that the clothes, uh, they lasted, they didn't, they didn't wear out and they grew to fit them and their shoes grew to fit their feet. And the Bible said that manna, manna fell from heaven. That's angel food. God sent an angel food down there. And when they began to murmur and complain about the angel food, the bread, Brother, Brother Jones, the Bible said that he sent quail up and they got a little meat. And when they was thirsty, he told Moses to speak to it. Moses hit it. We all know the story. And water began to flow out of the rock. And God sustained life once again. I'm going to tell you, don't you remember? Do you, do you, you remember that? And the Bible said that in case they forgot when they got through and they come through the Red Sea, that they built up a sacred memorial right there when they come up with stones. And you know what that memorial was for? It went by, that was for years later, generations later, when they come by and they said, uh, man, Paul, what's that big deal of rocks for? What's, son, I'll tell you what them rocks are for. That's when our ancestors, oh, your great grandpa, that's when he come through and the sea parted and God done a miracle for them and we didn't limit God and there was no limitations on what my God could do. Woo! 
I'm going to tell you something. Why did we put that Bible down there in the foundation of that old elder? I know why we put it down there because that's the word of God. And what he did back then for that old elder, he's going to do for this church. He's going to do for us. I'm going to tell you, I, I, I feel a spirit bucking me right now, but I'm just going to go ahead and hit it again. What they did back then, God's going to do again. What God did in the 80s and the 70s. I'm going to tell you something. I'm just redneck enough. I'm going to say it again. What God did back then for them old elders, he's going to do again for us. We got to have faith, elder. I'm going to tell you something. The meals included in the ticket. When we got born into this thing, when you received the gift of the Holy Ghost, Sister Anita, that, that physical need in your body, it comes with that Holy Ghost. That same promise, I'm speaking in the Holy Ghost right now to you, Sister. That same promise, don't let the devil rob you of your desire. Don't let the devil rob you. God's gave us a promise. God's gonna keep his word. There's some things that you've been holding on to, no doubt for a very long time. There's some things that you ain't seen come to pass. There's some ailments in your body that you ain't seen healed yet. There's some family members in your family that ain't saved yet. Oh, there's some things going on in your mind that you ain't conquered yet. I come to tell you tonight, don't limit God. Don't limit God. Don't restrict God. Don't Put God on a leash. I gotta quit. I understand that I've been preaching too long, but I come to tell you tonight, there's something about it. I feel like the devil, he's been warring you over. And somewhere, man, Brother Burgess, he preached Thursday. Same man preached. Friday night at our meeting. You may be seated for a minute. I'm sorry, y'all. Sister Rachel, I'm sorry I got you up here. You knew, you knew how it was, though, didn't you? But in my spirit, as that man preached to me, for 12 hours, 12 and a half hours, I drove down the road, and my boy can attest to this and tell you, called my dad for 12 and a half hours, Oh, more on than off. Brother DeSantos, ball and tears running down my face, tears running down my cheeks as that word of the Lord come to me. You know what's happened to some of us in Pentecost? He preached about being lost in Laodicea. He said, I've got somewhat against you, Laodicea, because you left your first love. He said, I whether you be hot 
or I'd rather you be cold. But because you're lukewarm, I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. And he preached. And he preached to this old boy right here. And you know what happens to us? He said in order to get a little bit of lukewarm, to get lukewarm, you've got to have some hot somewhere. You've got to have some hot going on, Brother DJ, somewhere in your spirit. And you know what happens? But somewhere the cold tap gets turned on, Brother Rosinski. And that old hot flow of the spirit of the Holy Ghost that's flowed, that's kept us, and that's sustained us. And that old hot, but somewhere through the course of time, the cold tap's been turned on and we, we kick a little cold oh, water on and we start getting a little lukewarm and we get out there and we go, oh, wait a minute. Oh, and we come into church after we've done a little bit of something, maybe sin. It might not even be sin, maybe just a weight. And it's weighted us, or we sin and we come in, but that unction to function is still there. That unction to lift your hands and to worship and to run and, and the goosebumps on the back of your neck, it still, it still comes up on your back of your neck and you still feel the anointing. And you're like, oh, wait a minute. Well, maybe, maybe these two can... can uh, come together. Maybe they can coexist together. Maybe, maybe hot and cold can can come together. And all of a sudden, we ain't seeing miracles like we've seen. Uh, so all of a sudden, uh, loved ones ain't being saved like we used to. Uh, all of a sudden, where the spirit of depression and anxiety is running rampant, uh, and all of a sudden, uh, spirit of suicide is in is in our midst and in our youth. Uh, uh, all of a sudden, we're fighting spirits uh, on every hand. Uh, spirits of adultery and fornication and, and uncleanness and pornography and, and everything is coming in and it's all because somewhere through the course of time we turned a little bit of cold water on in our feast of charity and we've got them to coexist and come together because we still feel the spirit of the anointing of the Holy Ghost I come to tell you today you need to turn the cold water off get the cold water turned off get the spirit of the Holy Ghost flowing back in your family. If you want a church that's power packed, if you want a church that's filled with signs, spirits and wonders of the Holy Ghost, I'll tell you what we gotta do. We gotta get back. We gotta get back to what got us here. Say, oh, pray, whoo, man. I'm just, I'm bucking something right here. I just, I just feel like I'm plowing and I, I'm hitting the road every once in a while. I'm gonna tell you something. We ain't gonna let the world creep into the church. If you think for one moment, I'm gonna stand right here over this, over this word right here of my elder. Uh, if you think for one moment that we're gonna allow and patty cake and pat and burp and, and change the diaper of sin in this day and age, you're wrong. You're at the wrong place. i tell you what we're gonna do. We're gonna preach truth here. We're gonna believe truth here. Why? It's what, it's what gets the results. It's what brings the desired effect. Yeah. <laughs> 
Not for a moment are we going to have some kind of light show or, or we're going to have some kind of concert uh, and try to bring down the anointing. I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to pray. We're going to preach. We're going to preach the word. He didn't say sing, Timothy, be instant in season and out of season. He didn't say worship, Timothy, be instant in season and out of season. He said preach the word, Timothy. Be instant in season and out of season. When that old spirit of sin starts trying to poke his head up, trying to stick his head up and look around I'm going to tell you don't think for a moment I ain't going to put it down why because I'm going to tell you something I've come too far I've seen too much I've experienced too much think we're going to kick a little bit of cold water on no 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 why because the meal is included in the ticket we got in this. We got the whole package, honey. When you got into this thing, you wasn't afforded some and not the other. But I'm going to tell you something. What was good enough for Grandpa Triplett? What was good enough for Grandpa Sampson? What's good enough for... Uh, Pastor uh, Kelly Sampson, I'll tell you what, it's going to be good enough for Caleb Sampson. It's going to be good enough for Kason Sampson. It's going to be good enough for Colby Sampson. It's going to be good enough for Raquel. It's going to be good enough for Neosho Apostolic Lighthouse. You know why? As y'all stand to your feet, I'm done. But there's going to come a day. You wait and see as this thing rocks on and the world that you're living in all around you, it gets dirtier and dirtier and more perverted and more sick and more corrupt than it is right now. And let me tell you something. You know who they're going to call? They're going to call for Neosho Apostolic Lighthouse. Why? Oh, because they're different. They're a little bit weird over there right now. They, they don't know about that. Man, you've been to church, they'll run the aisles over there on you if you ain't careful. Uh, I was waiting on any minute for them to break out the snakes. Well, we don't do the snakes around here, but I'll tell you what we will do. We will jump and run. We will roll in the floor. We will pray with a loud voice. We will lift up our hands. We will trust in a mighty God. We will believe in a God that heals and a God that saves and a God that delivers. So what are you talking about? Y'all's crazy. I'm going to tell you something. This world's crazy too. I was coming back from Dallas, Texas and I'm following this Jeep that's got a skeleton of a person on the back of their car with a skeleton of a dog in the middle of the skeleton of the human being on the back. And, I, and I'm following this thing and I finally told Casey, I said, I am tired of following this ignat with this wild, wacky skeletons of dogs and human beings. And man, there's people out there right now, Halloween, doing sorcery and talking to evil spirits and, and putting up skeletons in their house. All, and, and man, you got apostolics doing that. You're sick. You're sick. 
A child of God ain't going to mess with the dead. Child of God ain't going to get in sorcery. Child of God ain't going to go against and get with wizard and witches and bats. Ain't going to do it, Brother DJ. But I'll tell you what a child of God's going to do. A child of God's going to say, you know what? You might go over there to the old haunted house and get you a little scare for $20. But I'll tell you what. You can come to God's house and get something that'll last more than 20 minutes. I can offer you something that'll last a lifetime. I can, I can offer you something that'll change your heart. I can offer you some, something, Brother Rosinski, that high that you'd go get on. It wasn't very long. You'd come down off of it and you would be so mad and, and broke and not afford another one and here you are and, you, and your temper's all boiled up and you're mad because you can't afford another fix. Well, I'm gonna tell you something. I'm gonna offer you a high that'll never come down. I'm gonna offer you a high that ain't gonna cost you nothing but a little grit, a little prayer, a little commitment. What are you talking about? I'm talking about being separated. I'm talking about being come out from amongst them and be ye separated, saith the Lord. Oh, you know what though, Brother DJ? They're saying, hell, they're crazy over there. Woo. If you ain't careful, they'll, they'll get you up and try to pray for you over there. They're a little wild, a little, well, but let me tell you something. When the ships are down, and when you need to move from God, I ain't being mean to my wife's family for nothing. Cut the recording right here.